Hello, Mark Tucker here. Hey, Alan Furstenberg here, and we are Two Voice Devs. Two Voice Devs. Hey, welcome, Alan. It's good to see you again. Always good to see you, Mark. It's been one <laughs> of the, I don't know about you, it's been one of those weeks here, so I'm really glad for, for a chance for, for us to talk. Yeah, it's been good. It's been busy. It seems like it's been a week and a half crammed into four days uh, this week, but uh, it's good to always take a break and chat with you about some interesting things. Um, something kind of interesting happened this last week that uh, I just thought that people would be interested. I, I posted it out on, on Twitter recently to let people know about something called Alexa Verifier. Now this is going to be hard for me to say, Alexa Verifier Middleware. Alexa verifier middleware. Okay. So I have a guess at what each of those words mean individually, <laughs> but I'm not quite sure what, what it means when we put them together. So what, what are we talking about here? Okay. So let's break it up and we'll just handle it one word at a time. So Alexa, this is, this is obviously something that's specific to Amazon Alexa and uh, just talking a little bit about the architecture behind the scenes when when you talk to a device and the device then connects to the Alexa service in the cloud and and then that gets delegated to the code that's running uh, your skill. So that's kind of we're talking about that you know request and then the response that comes back through. So that pipeline. Okay. Well, so 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 the Alexa part of it is that this is specific to Alexa. And so there's a communication between, you know, kind of a system to system or like a server to server communication between the Amazon Alexa service and the service that's running uh, your code. Your, your webhook somewhere, right? Your webhook somewhere, yeah. And, and kind of a typical thing if you're doing it on Amazon, uh, you're, you're hosting this in, in Lambda. And there's kind of some shortcuts that, they, that can be taken when you're connecting Alexa service to Lambda. Um, some benefits of doing that as well. But but you might also be in situations where you want to or you're required to um, not host the code. Uh, and we're talking no JS code, um, not host the code in Lambda. Um, so that we're talking about some sort of other web server that's that's hosting this. Right. So it's the sort of thing where you need to host it either on premises or in a private cloud, or you need to have on a specific resource so that it can access private data or for compliance purposes or whatever, you need to run this somewhere. And because you're doing that, you need to have it hosted at a public HTTPS address. Correct. Okay. So, so I think I see where this is going now. That's kind of the catch, right? So now you've got this endpoint that's wide open for anybody to hit. Yeah, and and you don't you don't want that. There's you could get denial of service stuff. You could get uh, you know rogue code. You the only system that should be talking to your webhook um, via a post is Alexa service. So that's where the verifier piece comes. There's a so there's some piece of code that needs to sit right at that endpoint before anything else happens and verify that the incoming request is coming from the Alexa service. Okay, this makes so sense. That's, now, that's, the, it, that's the verifier part. Okay, and, and again, historically, Google had the same sort of thing. So, and this is a, a pretty common thing to do. Um, now, I know a lot of services like saying things like, you know, we're only gonna be accessing, we're only gonna allow access 
from a restricted list of IP addresses. And that's kind of infeasible when you're talking about Amazon though, isn't it? Yeah. So there's another way that we have that we, to, to verify that the request comes in. Yeah, and we'll provide a link. And then the, we're, I'm, you know, the purpose of this conversation is kind of talk about there is a security issue with some code that is used in the verifier piece um, that could be a security issue for you. And so that's the kind of where we're focusing, but we'll provide a link that talks about, well, how would you host your Alexa service on something other than Lambda and and kind of what this, you know, this verification step that has to happen. It could, it's got stuff that has to do with headers and it has to do with making sure that it's in within a certain amount of time. So you don't get replay attacks. And there's a number of different checks that the verifier does. Yeah. Okay. So, so that's so that's what the verifier does is it's basically checking the request to make sure it fits all of these requirements. Correct. Um, and so, what, what's the middleware part of it? Where does that fit in, so to speak? Okay. So there is a library out there called Alexa Verifier, and that is the the code that does this check. Somebody, you know. Few years ago, whenever created this this piece of code that that does this this stuff, and um, but if well, I guess a popular um, way of ex of exposing Node.js code uh, or run Node.js code inside of a web server is to use something called Express or ExpressJS. It's a uh, it, you know it's it's code that you basically say these are endpoints that that it's listening for and if i get code at the, i call it this endpoint then do whatever it is that i'm going to do and return the response and so so expressjs is kind of a pipeline of different things that happen to this request this web request that comes in and that's pretty so, common. you know expressjs yeah. is what pretty much everyone uses when we're we're dealing with uh http or https servers and node so that's that's pretty common yeah, so um, ExpressJS calls them middleware. So you've got this pipeline of different things that you can do, and you can plug in a middleware so that at the proper point in the in the path, then it's going to hit this uh, code in the pipeline and make sure things verify. So this is going to be you know towards the top of the stack um, to make sure that you know the the requests that are coming in uh, pass this this basic level of verification uh, before it goes to the rest of your code and actually, you know, does, does something. On, with right. So, so basically this is a plugin almost. Yeah. That lets us say, you know, that, that lets us say all requests that come in need to be processed by this plugin. And what the plugin will do is it'll check the, the headers, make sure everything looks correct. And if it does, then it'll pass it on to your code. And if it doesn't, it'll reject it in some way. Yeah, so you'll get you'll get some sort of an error right. re response code that that right. And and the important part about this is that this is done as early as possible and as quickly as possible, so that if it is somebody trying to do something malicious, it gets kicked out as quickly as possible without you know incurring any significant denial of service or slowdown or whatever. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. So. So what's the issue here? I mean, this is, as you said, it's yeah. been around a while. What's what's the problem? Yeah, so um, I was running some code through a, you know, like a code verifier scanner tool 
uh, just checking things. And and one of the things that it checks is like, oh, is there any outstanding, you know, kind of um, security issues with it? And and uh, and so recently ran that through and and got an error on something called Node Forge. And so there's, I think there's two, actually two different errors. We'll, we'll send you a link to one of them, but um, the title of it is Improper Verification of Cryptographic Signature in Forge.js, uh, sorry, in Node Forge. And so um, it's talking about RSA and it's talking about signature verification and being able to, that it would verify signatures um, erroneously. So in some cases you could get the AOK, this is great. This is coming from uh, Amazon and have it really not be, um, is, is kind of the, the security concern there. And so yeah. um, because the, the the previous version of Alexa Verifier middleware used a specific version of Alexa Verifier, which used a specific version um, of Node Forge, then, uh, and, and, and the fix actually has been out since May, but uh, it's just been till uh, today or late yesterday that Alexa Verifier middleware was updated to make sure that it included at least version 1.3.0 of this NodeForge. The, the version that had some some fixes. So yeah, right. So so if you had done it manually, you would have you could have patched around it. But this is making sure that now the the default released version is using the correct version of the library. Right. Okay. So and and you know in some ways this seems kind of I'm, I'm sure there are a lot of people going yeah okay so what, um but this is really you know this is one of those elements that is important to keep on top of. You know, there are certainly some libraries where, okay, fine, you're a version or two behind. But when you're dealing with um, making sure that cryptographic signatures work correctly, you really need to make sure you're, you keep on top of the right versions. Yeah, and and, and kind of the, the point is, is that you could have created an Alexa skill and if you were, you know, using this Alexa verifier middleware because of how you're hosting it, you could have released the skill a year ago or two years ago, and just they're like, "Hey, I'm I'm good, good to go, right?" And 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 not necessarily worry about it. And you have to be more proactive on on checking to see what kind of issues are coming up, and if it's something that you need to then push out a new um, batch of code to the to the server to handle. Yeah, this is one of the tricky things when we're talking, um, you know, lifetime maintenance of your code is that over time, you know, depending on the libraries that you're using, you will find errors. And I, I should point out the naive solution that a lot of people have is, oh, I'll just write my own implementation then, which is naive because the chance of you introducing the same security hole is much higher. Yes, um, but it's also good um, because sometimes you have a choice when you're only looking for node modules to include. It, it's kind of uh, a good idea to check out like what are two or three options and check to see how, uh, how many people are using it check to see the last time it was updated. Was that, like yeah. I was looking at a package and, and it hasn't been, hadn't been updated in five years. Now maybe 
there's nothing significant that's changed, but depending on what type of dependencies it has, then, then, then it might be, they, you know, nothing might change in their code, but they might still need to issue an update or at least deploy a new package to NPM uh, so that uh, you can get updates because of a dependency of a dependency of a dependency. Right. Right. So, okay. So, you know, I, I, you know, I think this is important to, for people to look at and, but again, it's important to think about as we are building our code to make sure that we're paying attention to, you know, what our dependencies are and how they're maintained and make sure that as we build stuff that we have something in place for how we're going to maintain it. Cause you yeah. know, you can't just stick it out on the internet and assume it's that just going to stay there. That it's going to be good for a lifetime. Something else and uh, we'll just quickly touch on this um, as well, because we're, we were talking about Node.js. There's constantly new versions of Node.js that are, you know, that are coming in and and are the 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 accepted current version, but then those go out, and so it's it's um, you also have to take a look at, especially if we're using cloud, and in in this case if we're using Lambda, we have to watch to see when that starts to be supported on Lambda, and also like what version it currently is at, and if there's new features or there's even you know fixes to to Node itself, then. There's also this like, well, at what point do I update, or at what point does Lambda stop supporting uh, new pushes of code? You could you could say, oh, I've everything's fine, and I'm not going to update from Node 10 or whatever you know it is. But at some point in time, they're going to say you can't push any new code that's Node 10. Right. And if you have to do a quick hot fix at that point in time, now you're dealing with not only updating to Node 16 or whatever it is, plus you're also dealing with the fix. And that just adds time, and that would be time that your your skills not available. Right, and you know it almost always you know certainly it always comes at the worst time, and for some reason there's always something that's preventing it from actually upgrading the way you expect it to. So, yeah, keeping on top of updates and fixes and security issues is it's a lot of work, but it's really necessary if you want to you know if, if you're serious about doing this sort of thing. Yeah, if you've got some you know kind of fun little uh, voice experience out there that you're that that's kind of just a, a fun little hobby thing, then maybe you don't have to worry about it. But if it's a game that's being used by thousands or tens of thousands of people, or something that's a voice experience that's for corporate or you know just a big a big brand like a uh, you know pizza delivery or something like that, then then that's um, more of a reason to to stay on top of it and have some sort of a regular. I, I, I would disagree with updates. you slightly. I would disagree with you slightly, Mark. I would even okay. say that even for the fun hobby stuff, leaving old code out there can be a problem, and especially so if you're running it on Lambda, because you know yeah. suddenly you're going to wake up one month and discover a you know a four hundred dollar bill, and you're like. How in the world did this happen? And it was because somebody figured out how to exploit your, you know, true your your code that's just there to tell knock knock jokes, and they figured out how to exploit it to you know run crypto mining. So you know, or write a whole bunch of uh, records to DynamoDB, which costs cost you extra money, or right. yeah, lots of different things. You know, so so you do, you know, even for fun stuff, you need to at least keep an eye on what's going on out there. That's true. So thanks for sharing that with us, 
Mark, you know, I think it's a, it's an important message and an important lesson. Love to hear how people manage their uh, security profiles and how they, you know, keep on top of all of these changes because it can be hard, you know. Um, so, you know, drop us a note. Uh, find us on Twitter, LinkedIn, comments below. Um, we'll talk about other issues that you've seen on a future Two Voice Devs. Two Voice Devs. Take care, Alan. Take care, Mark. Have a great week.